Want to give a warm shout out and a welcome to our peeps. We've already mentioned our peeps in Garner, Columbia, Hillsboro, Sanford, Wake Forest Campus, North Durham Campus, Thekatown, Kenya, Kajongo, Kenya, the online church, and of course, those of you here at the Durham Campus, welcome one and welcome all. And I should probably say this every Sunday, but I don't, but I hope to. I want to look at you if you're watching this online somewhere because you woke up and it was a little too cold for you to walk out to your car and you decided you wanted to sip your latte in your bed with your slippers on and watch church. Number one, I'm so glad you are. Welcome. Number two, you need to get on out of that bed and come on in to the house of God where we want to love you and welcome you to the church. Can I get an amen? But we are glad you are engaged. Hey, uh, I want to introduce to you, I don't want to take any of his time because you want to hear from Joe Sangle. He is a leading teacher of finances. And I know sometimes let me just go and acknowledge this. I know in church when the topic of finances come up, here's what some of you are thinking. I wish I would have stayed home in bed with my slippers on. And uh, that is the farthest thing from the truth. Because let me tell you something about this guy. He is anointed to speak on this subject. It is his passion to help people accomplish more than they ever thought possible with their personal finances. He believes that when people are financially free, everybody say free. free. Some of you are in financial bondage. And Joe Sango wants to help you find freedom. He believes that when people are financially free, they are much more likely to do exactly what they have been put on planet earth to do, regardless of their income potential. He is the founder of I Was Broke, But Now I'm Not an organization that provides financial teaching through live events. He's going to have one here today. And I think it's 1.30 at all the campuses for the most part. And later on, like 2.30 or something like that at the Garner campus because they have a later worship celebration. Check with your campus pastor. But here's what I want to say to you. You don't want to miss it. This is, the, this is the kind of event that you would pay $500, $700 for out in the community. And it's completely free. We even got childcare. You've already heard about that. He is the founder of I Was Broke, Now I'm Not, an organization that provides financial teaching through live events, print, and web resources. He's the president and CEO of Enjoy Stewardship Solutions, a company that provides solutions to organizations and helps churches implement systems to create a generous culture and fully fund their vision. He's the author of many books. I'm not going to list them to you, but you can find that out at different campus locations. We even have some of those available. Joe's personal finance story has been featured in Money Magazine, and he has been privileged to share his passion with hundreds of thousands of people throughout North America. He obtained a BS degree in mechanical engineering and Purdue University, big Purdue fan. Sorry about yesterday, bro. In 1996, when he got that degree and an MBA from, come on now, Clemson University. Go Gamecocks. <laughs> he resides in Anderson, South Carolina. He's married to his bride, Jen, and they have three children. And let me tell you what you need to know about this guy. He is anointed for this kind of topic. 
He is gifted. He is knowledgeable. He has a heart for the local church. He has a heart for you. And he is here to bless us. If we will lean in, grab that pen, grab those teaching notes, let all your defenses go down and just hear from the man of God, teaching from the word of God in the house of God. And I just want to tell you, he will get you fired up. That's his trademark. Everybody say, get fired up. That was not how Joe Sangle wants you to say, get fired up. Everybody say, get fired up. There it is. Would you give it up? And welcome, Joe Sango. Woo! Fired up. Who's fired up, church? Come on, that's awesome. The over-under on number of times I'll say fired up is 18. And I am fired up. Uh, I, I love New Hope Church. I love what God is doing here. And every time I show up, God has continued to expand the footprint and the unbelievable stories that he's working through the lives of the New Hopers. And I'm so excited about that. And uh, it's great to be with you again in this series called Overwhelmed, Breaking Free from Anxiety. And I always love to start maybe with a joke or something. And this is a joke about money, which is if you feel like your life matters to no one, try missing a couple of car payments. And a couple of us have done that before, right? And uh, suddenly you'll find out you matter to at least one person and they call you incessantly. Um, in fact, some people park in different spots at church each week because the repo man cometh in the King James Version. And if that's you today, I wanna help you. And uh, if you're doing well, I wanna help you. And if you're doing fantastic, I believe this message will still help you. As we talk about this series called Overwhelmed, and uh, I looked up the, dic the dictionary.com definition of overwhelm just to make sure we get centered and anchored on that word. And I always love to pull that up. So let's look at this. You'll be excited to know that overwhelmed is a verb. It's very exciting. Uh, and it's to overcome completely in mind or feeling, to overpower or overcome, especially with superior forces. Look at these words, destroy, crush, to cover or bury beneath a mass of something as floodwaters, debris, or an avalanche, submerge. Has anyone ever been there before some point in time in your life financially? Can I get a witness? I mean, maybe you're in college and uh, you got overwhelmed because you started dating Sally Mae or Navient or Federal Direct Loan and some of you are 50 and still dating her, right? It's a long-term relationship and you felt crushed. You, you may have done as I did, and your first week in there, you uh, filled out a few credit card applications to get the free stuff. I did that for three different credit cards. AT&T Universal Card was a card back then at Purdue. They gave me a free T-shirt that advertised their long-distance service. <laughs> the millennials are very confused right now. Long-distance? What is that? Like, like, for example, it used to cost you money to call someone on the other side of town. And some of us got in big trouble with our parents for talking too long, on long distance, right? Think about data, millennials. It's similar to data now. And I got another thing. I got a free two liter of Coca-Cola for filling out a credit card application. And I got a free duffel bag from American Express that I still use for hunting to this day. And I admitted on paper that I had no income and no job, but they still gave me a credit card because they know that most college students have parents who have mercy on them. Uh, they didn't know my parents who said, you are on your own. And uh, I ran up my credit cards and I was overwhelmed. Um, any of you remember your first job, right? Maybe your first job and maybe it was overwhelming. 
My first job was working for my father. Trust me, working for my father was an overwhelming task. He built homes. He expected things to be done in about three milliseconds. He gave no instructions. If he did, it was lightning fast. And then I was supposed to be an expert on installing whatever it was. And I was pretty terrible. Charles Barkley terrible, T-R-B-L, terrible. Right, it was bad and it was overwhelming. I got a job at Taco Bell and I had to learn how to make tacos and that was overwhelming. And uh, especially at 2 a.m. with drunk people driving through the drive-through. It was very overwhelming. One person threw a, an entire handful of coins through the window and told me to count them. I chose not to, I gave him his food for free. That was overwhelming. Uh, anybody remember buying your first car? Especially when you bought your first new car. Was that overwhelming or what? Right? They, they write down a number. If it was this number, would you buy it today? And they have to go talk to someone. They don't go talk to someone. They go talk to a wall, right? <laughs> they come back. Have you made a decision? And then the pressure goes on and they turn up the temperature. You know they did because you started sweating profusely. It was overwhelming. Maybe, maybe you remember buying your first home. Do you remember buying your first home, anybody? I mean, maybe you're waiting to buy your first home, but yeah, and you're maybe on the precipice of buying your first home, but anybody who's bought their first home, they know that's overwhelming, right? You're signing this line and you're spending one, two, maybe three years worth of your income all in one moment. Talk about faith. You see the faith or crazy. Maybe it's just crazy faith, but you spent three years income with one stroke of your pen right? That's overwhelming. And for 30 years, we signed up for payments. Maybe you got exposed to retirement plans the first time. Anybody remember that? And it's like somebody was speaking in tongues to you, right? It's a 401k, 403b, 457, TSP, SEP, IRA, Roth, IRA, IRA. And you're like, excuse me? Has anybody been overwhelmed with investing, right? And compound interest and all this stuff. And we think about it, maybe God blesses us with some kids, and then we wanna help them with college savings. And we, we have all these things that we have to balance. And if we're not careful, it becomes very overwhelming. In fact, the latest statistic says it costs on average $233,610 to raise a child from zero years old to 17. This does not include college, get fired up. <laughs> Am I overwhelming anyone? Okay, that's good. And so here's what I know, it's overwhelming. But Jesus, in his great providential knowledge, knew we would all struggle with being overwhelmed when it comes to money. And that's why God's word, do you know this, talks more about money and possessions than the topics of love, hope, and prayer combined. There's more than 2,000 verses in the Bible that talk about money or possessions. In fact, when you look at the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that one out of six verses talks about money or possessions. In fact, Jesus shares 38 parables, stories that Jesus shared in those four Gospels. And of those 38, 17 of those, he used money or possessions to illustrate the point. How amazing is that? I'm so grateful our God knows exactly what we need so that in every situation, in every scenario in our life, we can find great wisdom in his word, amen? It's incredible. And one of those times that Jesus talked about it is found in Matthew 6. Uh, it starts in verse 25. And it's right after, watch this, verse 24 is where he says, you cannot serve both God and money. And in verse 21, he has said that wherever your treasure is, there your 
heart will be also. So just after that, he goes on and says in verse 25, after he's been talking about money, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Jesus said that. And we're getting ready to enter in the season of the year when we have a lot of worry. What gift we're gonna buy for this person? And we gotta have a gift for everybody. And can we afford it? And I'm gonna have Thanksgiving and it's the family reunion or family rebellion. We can't really tell sometimes. And I worry about what they're gonna say or if they're gonna be there. Worry. And so I looked up this word worry in dictionary.com and found out it's a verb. It's an active verb. And it's to tor torment oneself with, uh, uh, to torment torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts to fret. That doesn't sound very good at any of that. And I looked up the antonyms to that, right? There's the, there's the synonyms, the similar words, the antonyms are the opposite of that. And here's some, here's some antonyms to worry. Jesus said, don't worry. So this is the opposite of that. So what is he saying to do? So let's look at the antonyms. Let's, we'll list them. Calm, calmness content. Are you content today? Ease, easiness, peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. You feel anything opposite of it, then Satan is speaking into your life, whether it's money or any other area. Quiet, sereneness, serenity, tranquilness, comfort. Do you see those words? And my question today, when you look at the finances in your life, are those the words that describe your life or does worry and overwhelming anxiety be the word of the day for you? I challenge you today to lean into this message that it would bless you and help you to not worry. In fact, I love acronyms. I don't know if any of you like acronyms. I come with acronyms at our office all the time. In fact, we wrote a book called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. And so that acronym is I-W-B-N-I-N. We say that all the time in our office. I wrote a book for young people called What Everyone Should Know About Money Before They Enter the Real World. And for some reason, my office doesn't re repeat that entire name of that book. So they call it Westcam, What Everyone Should Know About Money. It's just word language in, in our office. And we teach the financial learning experience. So they call it the FLE. I love acronyms. And so I wanna share some acronyms with you and see if you can recognize some of these acronyms before I introduce a new one to you today. Uh, this one is NASA. Uh, do you recognize this one? Anybody know what this stands for? It's the, it's the National Aeronautical and Space Administration. And Purdue University has put more people in space than any other university. <laughs> Neil Armstrong is a graduate. If you go on campus, the trees in the engineering mall are, were sprouted and germinated in outer space. Gus Grissom was from there. We have the Grissom Hall of Aeronautical Engineering. It's incredible. Okay, let's put up the next one. You recognize this one? The FBI. I love this acronym, Federal Bureau of Investigation. It's great, okay? Let's put up the next one. Uh, it's CIA, anybody know that one? Central Intelligence Agency, that's great. All right, let's go to the sports fans. See if you recognize this one. Some yak, anybody know that? That's right, yards after catch, which happens a lot when you play Clemson, 
It's just happening a lot. Lots of yards after catch for Clemson's great. All right, let's go to some baseball. Anybody recognize this one? RBI runs, batted in. Oh, some confidence. This is good. Let's go to the car people. What's this one? Miles per gallon. That's great. And so I drive a Honda and it averages 28 miles per gallon. It's a lot better than the Tahoe, which is like 17 miles per gallon. And uh, okay, let's go to the next one. And I saw a pastor driving that yellow car. Woo! He had some miles per hour. I'll share one more and then I'm gonna share my new one. And this is, you, when you're driving that fast, you wanna make sure there's some PSI, some pounds per square inch, right? So today, I wanna introduce a new one and it's gonna be the theme of today's message and it is D-N-W. What does that stand for? That's right. Do not worry. Everybody say that with me. You ready? Do not worry. That's the new acronym for today. And I want you to apply it to your life. Jesus said some DNW, do not worry. He said it over and over and over again, so much so that I wonder why he didn't just say DNW, except for he wasn't speaking in English, right? Uh, do not worry. That is the key to overcome being overwhelmed with your finances is to choose peace in the face of whatever storm you're facing, to do not worry. And today I wanna help you to not worry because that's easy to say, right? You know, Joe Sangle said, don't worry about your finances, but you know, the, the repo man does cometh and the credit card bill will show up and I have to pay for my own health insurance and I got medical bills and I got this house payment and I got these three kids and they're gonna cost me more than $233,000 at the rate they're going. It's easy to say, do not worry, but I wanna put some legs on this, some, some handlebars so that we can apply this from God's word. And the first thing is we have to recognize what causes us to be overwhelmed. And the first thing is we become overwhelmed when our worry becomes uncontrolled. We become overwhelmed when our worry becomes uncontrolled. Welcome to budget time for most people. Right, this is when worry becomes uncontrolled. You know, we can handle one challenge at a time, but what do you do when you face five challenges at a time? What do you, when it seems like every single thing coming at you, you know, you need to save money. You know you need to save money, but you also need to pay off debt. You, you know that you wanna give, but your kids also need help with college. Uh, you know that Christmas is coming and that the budget doesn't allow for it, but you know, you wanna buy stuff for people uh, and bless them. You know you need to invest for retirement, but the car needs tires. And the tires would seem to be more priority. And they probably are. So how do you address worry so that it doesn't become uncontrolled? I wanna share two things that have helped me greatly in my life. And they're biblically based, and it was found by me reading in the book of Proverbs, a great book that gives you wisdom for life, including your finances. And the first one is this, Obtain wise financial counsel. Wise financial counsel. This is so huge. In fact, true story, nearly every person at nearly every campus today, if you're being honest, you are winging it when it comes to finances. You have no wise financial counsel in your life financially. You're trying to figure it out on your own because you don't know who to trust, who is trustworthy. And frankly, many of us do not know what we don't know. And I will tell you, money has rules 
And what you do not know, canon absolutely will have a real financial impact in your life. And the way that you combat this worry and prosper is to find wise financial counsel. Proverbs 15, 22 gives this great wisdom that says, plans do what? Fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And the, the truth is, I was trying to manage my finances by myself, and I didn't want anyone to know how terrible I was at it. I went to Purdue. I'm the first of our family of six to go to college. I went to college, I dated Sally Mae, I got the credit card debt, I'm ringing it up, man, I'm telling you, it's a party. It's a four-year vacation from reality. I've got debt showing up everywhere. I graduated, man, I, it was unbelievable. As I've shared before, you know, I, I graduated with special honors. You know, Pastor Benji graduates magna cum laude. I graduated thank the laude. And I got out of there with a 2.64 GPA. For reals. I didn't get a single A in a single engineering class. For reals. I got an A in indoor flower arranging, for real. And uh, so I graduated and my marketing pitch was, I'm an average student with an above average work ethic, get fired up. And somebody bought that and, and uh, that was awesome. And so, so I graduated and I had been driving a 1990, uh, 1987 Datsun B210. Woo, it's a 1981 actually. Woo, get fired up, it caught on fire twice. And so I felt like I needed a different car, but I bought a new car and I financed it. Not, no money down. I even financed the sales tax and I, I had 105% financing on this new car. And then I bought myself a truck and, and cause every guy needs a truck. It's in the Bible somewhere. I, I haven't found it, but, but I'm sure of it. Does anybody agree with me that should be in the Bible? Yes, that's right. That's awesome. And uh, so I bought this truck, 100% financing. I asked my college sweetheart to marry me. She said yes, so I financed the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the wedding and the honeymoon to Jamaica. Get fired up, it was awesome. And uh, all on the credit card. And then I show up, we're married, it's awesome. And uh, we wanted to buy a house, so we bought a house. And we, we signed all those lines and oh my goodness, huge debt. And, and then we bought, we wanted furniture. We needed furniture. So 24 months, same as cash, we had some furniture. And, and then I'm sitting here making money, but spending more than I made. And I'm overwhelmed with a mess. And I could not give, I could not save. I couldn't do anything that would lead to prospering. And I was overwhelmed and always fraught with worry. And I refused to seek counsel because the lie of the enemy will cause pride to rear up its ugly head in your life and pride will keep you broke. Pride will keep you from seeking counsel because you're fearful of what your wise counsel will say. And I'm speaking to someone today, you're overwhelmed with your finances and you refuse to seek help. You need help. You need to seek wise financial counsel. Start with God's word. Pray that God would show you someone. Let me tell you, this is how I found wise counsel. I put guidelines on it. Let's see, maybe they'll be helpful for you. The first one is, uh, they needed to love Jesus. That was very helpful. I wanted to make sure they were teaching me from a biblical viewpoint. Number two, I felt like it'd be helpful if they loved me. That'd be helpful. And number three, they weren't continually trying to transfer money from my pocket to their pocket. I thought, I thought yeah, that was pretty good. 
And my fourth guideline was they needed to be winning with their money. Anybody can pass the test and become an investment officer. Anybody. In a weekend test, you can be licensed to sell securities. Doesn't mean you're good at it. Make sure they're winning with their money. And the fourth or fifth thing is that they're available. They could meet with me and they could speak to my life and I had to give them permission to speak to me. And I found three financial counselors in my life, not all at once. I've acquired them over time and they know everything about my financial situation. And they, that whenever I'm facing a financial predicament or a challenge and I feel that worry showing up, the press, the stress, I go to them and it helps wipe worry from my life. I promise you, it will help you too. It's biblical. You cannot do life alone. Have you heard that somewhere, somebody, right? We're gonna reach, teach, we're gonna release. And if you wanna avoid being overwhelmed financially, seek this wisdom. The second thing is increase knowledge. Increase knowledge. It can help you to not worry. Uh, knowledge allows you to not have that, that unbelievable thing of not knowing. No one likes that feeling of being ignorant. And you gotta have knowledge. Proverbs 4, 7 says this. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Isn't that deep thoughts? It's awesome. Pretty deep. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. But do you see the tagline? Watch this. Though it cost some of what you have. Is that what it says? Though it cost a little bit. Though it's free. No, it says, though it costs, what's the word? All you have, get understanding. In other words, Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived said, it is worth paying money to get wisdom because if you would get wisdom, all this other stuff would be added with it. So pay for wisdom. Do you pay for wisdom to go to Duke, which is blessed and highly favored, according to pastor? <laughs> I, I paid money to go to Clemson. I paid money to go to Purdue. Why? I'm exchanging money for wisdom. And though it cost all I had, plus some more, it helped me gain understanding. The same will be true for you. And let me tell you, knowledge will kill the lies that Satan will tell you. Let me tell you some lies Satan has been telling some of you and causing you to be overwhelmed. Like, I can't win with money. How do you beat those lies? With the word and knowledge of the Lord. When he says you can't win with money, you just remind him of what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you and punch him in the face. When you say we can't save money, say Proverbs 21, 20, it says, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and of olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. I will choose to save money. When he says you can't invest because you might lose money, you'll say Proverbs 13, 11, that says dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. When it says my parents left me with nothing and my kids can survive without an inheritance, you can say Proverbs 13, 22, that says a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. When, they, when the enemy says you can't get out of debt, you're reminded of what it says in Romans 13, 8, that says let no debt remain outstanding, except for the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man and fulfills the law. And Proverbs 22, seven that says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower servant to the lender and punch him in the face. When he says, you can't afford to give, you remind him of what it says in Malachi 3.10 that says, I will test him in this and see if he'll not throw open the floodgates and pour out the roof. Listen, you repeat every lie and then you repeat verses of scripture of the word of the Lord, that knowledge, and you will beat him down and it will combat worry and it will allow you to have confidence. It will allow you to have peace. 
It'll allow you to avoid being overwhelmed financially. Amen? Amen. When he feeds you money lies, feed him the truth of scripture. It's a double-edged sword and it will absolutely chase away those lies. It's awesome. Do not worry. Get some DNW in your life. Do not worry. The second thing is we become overwhelmed when we face something where we can't see a way to overcome the obstacles, challenges, or concerns ahead of us. It's an ongoing life challenge. Here's why. Over time, your challenges change, don't they? Throughout your life, this will set some of you free. All of your life, you will face money challenges. All of your life, regardless of how much you have or do not have, you will always have money challenges. Somebody say amen. amen. Do you remember when you first started out, some of us got, like, like listen, I started growing out this beard and something shocking has happened. The red hair that used to be here, it ain't red no more. It's summer blonde. Shocking, new challenges. The same thing with your money, right? When you start out, you're praying, Lord, I wanna be able to invest something. Lord, I pray that it would grow. Oh my goodness, I've got $1,000, it's unbelievable. And then it grows to $100,000 and you're like, Lord, please don't let me lose it, ah! Right? You over, every, the worries just change, but you'll always have them. And if you're not careful, they'll overwhelm you and freeze you into paralysis. Man, if you're, if you're young, you don't even worry about your health. You do crazy things that could like hurt your health. But when you're older, come on. Um, here's a newsflash. Ain't none of us getting out of here alive. So we might as well live it up, right? Amen. We need to go deer hunting more, right? Come on. But listen. Whenever you face a situation that seems over, uh, insurmountable and it's overwhelming you financially, this is what I challenge you to do. I challenge you to remember to do not worry Jesus' words and do this. Say this statement. Say it out loud in your life. Say, God, I cannot wait to see how you overcome this one. Say, God, I can't wait to see how you're gonna do this. And when he does, cause surely he will. When he does, be sure to give him all the glory and all the honor and all the praise because you knew you could not do it. You knew that it was the Lord moving on your behalf. Do not worry. And the biggest way I've been able to overcome this aspect of it is to testify. You see, in Revelations 12, 11, it talks about testifying and the power of your testimony where it says they triumph over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You got to testify. And let me tell you, when I'm investing, the SIPC and the SEC makes investors say that past performance is not indicative of future results. Have you heard that? But let me tell you, God's past performance is his best predictor of future results. And you, my friend, can take that to the bank. And sit while we're testifying, can I testify? Let me tell you, I'm going to testify and I might lose my mind and get fired up. Because I used to be broke with an average bank balance of $4.13. And I knew what I could do, which was spin it up and make it all disappear. And I cried out to the Lord and I read his word and I started applying his word and doing what it said. And I saw God move powerfully in my life. In fact, I saw God allow us to be able to pay off all of our debt except for our house in 14 months. I saw God allow us to go into full-time ministry and negotiate a 50% pay cut 
woo, get fired up and still prosper because I had gotten rid of my debt. And then the enemy sent challenges because he didn't like that I was living in my calling. And so he put, got me in this fixer upper house. Anybody lived in a fixer upper house? I lived it, baby. I mean, my HVAC unit died on the coldest day of the year. And six months later, the upstairs unit was jealous. So it died too on the hottest day of the year. And then my hot water heater went out. And then we had to tear all everything off cause of mold and junk all the way down to the studs. And then we had to tear off the roof, blue sky because of the terrible pitch on it. And I got to replace all of that all in the face of these challenges. At the same time, we're facing an infertility journey. We had one child, my wife had ovarian tumors. God healed her. We had a second surgery and God healed her again. And 10, 10 years, we begged God for another child. We tried in vitro, $18,500. Saved for it for four years. Some of you know people with that journey. And God said no. So we said goodbye to that dream and we canceled our, our maternity, our insurance. And uh, because the doctor said we couldn't have children anymore. And so you know what happened six months later? God showed up and said, there's a baby boy. Yeah. And three and a half years later, God sent us a baby girl because he sends overflow. And I'm here to testify that God sends the overflow. Come on. So when I say to you, do not worry, that might matter some. And it might matter more knowing my testimony. And let me tell you something. When Jesus says, do not worry, it ought to matter all you need to be able to go testify and overcome your worries by just sharing it with your friends. There's something that builds your faith when you do that. Amen. Go testify what the Lord has done in your life. And it will help you have confidence that in the future, you'll be able to overcome that too. And you'll say, God did it. Not me, I know me. It was God. Let me give God the glory. Amen, church? I'll finish with the last one, which is we become financially overwhelmed when we take our eyes off of God. That's when we become overwhelmed for real. Jesus said it in verses 28 through 34. He says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow's thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So D-N-W, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, D-N-W about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. DNW. Amen? That's Jesus' words. And let me tell you something that fires me up. As a kid growing up in church, my mama making me come to church, dragging me up back out under the pew, making me sit there. They didn't have no kid stuff like they have now. I had to sit there and listen to boring stuff go on. Unbelievable. Some of you know, you, you were just unbelievable. But, but they had me learn Bible verses, one verse of every book in the New Testament. The first verse I ever learned, Matthew 6, 34. I learned it in the King James Version. Take ye therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Get fired up. <laughs> and as I was reflecting on this message, 
I believe it's a reason why I've not had a lot of challenges with worrying. Because your word, God, have I put in my heart that I might not sin against you. Put the word in you. It's the unbelievable way to combat worry. There's some signs that we've taken our eyes off God when we experience fear instead of peace. When we pursue our earthly wants instead of God's work. When we rely on the work of our own two hands without investing. But 2 Corinthians 9, 6, Paul says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. When you're giving to this church, when you're giving to God's work, when you're giving to the poor, the widowed and the orphan, you are closest to the heart of God and it is a form of investment. And that investment will always lead to a harvest. There's risk with it. Just as a farmer knows when they put seed in the ground, there's risk. But they know they must have the faith to plant the seed anyway. I encourage you to do it. And I'll finish with a financial roadmap uh, that has been very helpful to me to combat this worrying. It's a simple six-word plan that can help you. And the first word is give. When you put God first through giving, it allows you to acknowledge that he is your source and he is your provider. He is your Jehovah Jireh. It'll keep you from being overwhelmed. The second word is save. You must save money. Saved money honors God. It honors your family and it honors your God-given future. You cannot prosper if you do not save. You must choose to make decisions. I love the testimony of the baptism today making choices, different choices to save. And it allowed you to experience peace. Incredible, what a testimony. And the third word is invest. Because when you invest, it positions you for God's multiplying work. I, I invested uh, many years ago in what some might've called a risky investment, but I knew God was leading me to do it. It was a, it was a business. And uh, it was a failing business. And, and I, I invested in it, and it's the single largest investment I ever made in my life. And for others, some of you here, you may look at it and say, that's a small investment. For me, it was, I'm either crazy or I have faith that God has told me to do this. And, and we invested, and all God has done is blown it up and has delivered more than a 672% rate of return. It would have never happened had I not put seed in the ground and invested. There are some here today, you're not investing anything financially. You're not investing anything in God's kingdom. There is no chance of a harvest if you do not invest. And don't discount how much you put in. It's, it's proportion to what God has blessed you with what, what you invest financially, what you invest financially into God's kingdom work. Because that seed, whatever the seed is, God now has the ability to multiply it. And the farmer knows when he plants one seed, he's not getting one seed back, is he? He's getting thousands, if not millions, for weeds in your yard, right? Unbelievable. And the, the fourth part, three words, plan the rest, according to God's leading. It's a six word plan. We could say it together, right? Give, save, invest, plan the rest. It almost rhymes if you say it like that. Will you say it with me? Let's go. Give, save, invest, plan the rest. You can do that. And that's biblical. And it will set you free of worry. 
Do not worry. Obtain wise counsel. Ask God to show you someone who can speak to you. Increase your knowledge. Testify. It'll help you prevent worry. And I'm gonna pray in a minute and we're gonna transition into a time of worship where we're gonna be able to sing a song really as a prayer to kind of seal this word in our heart. And I pray that as you sing that, you would think of whatever's been over, worrying you, causing you great anxiety, that you would surrender it to the Lord and be able to say to him, God, I trust you. Show me my next step. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for every life at every campus. God, I pray that we would be able to grasp the potential of what could happen if we would release worry and instead expend our energy into praising you. That if we could turn our fear into peace, Lord, we need your help. And God, for whatever you are calling us to do, God, you're calling some to start a business. And God, as they hear what you've done in my life, some of them have started businesses and it failed. God, I, I, but you're calling them to start another one. God, help them to have the confidence to pursue you, to do whatever it is you've told them to do. God, some here are struggling with debt, overwhelming bondage. God, I pray that you would remind them that you are the spirit of liberty, of freedom, that wherever you are, there should be freedom, that you died that we might be free and help them take the next step towards you. And Jesus, more than anything, if there's a person in the sound of my voice who's never surrendered their life to you, they've never had that debt of sin paid by your blood, that today they would call upon your name and make you Lord of their life that they might be able to live a life of liberty. Jesus, we love you. And it's your name that we pray this, amen.